Blowing Smoke with Twisted Rico is brought to you by Light Street Media. This show is supported by Joe's Albums in their two locations, the original store at 317 Main Street in downtown Worcester, Massachusetts, and their second location at 5 Market Street in one of my favorite places, Northampton, Massachusetts. Joe's has an amazing collection of both new and used vinyl and a bunch of other goodies. It wasn't too long ago that I bought a friend a David Bowie t-shirt and a mug at Joe's. And don't forget to check out joesalbums.com if you're really want to geek out. This show is also supported by my good friend Zach Shell and his family at Baby Loves Tacos, located in 4508 Liberty Avenue in the Bloomfield section of Pittsburgh, PA. Baby Loves Tacos is one of the best places to eat some of the best Mexican-style food this side of the Rio Grande, and they also do catering. Head over to their website, babylovestacospgh.com, for all the goods, and if you're in a band, like many of my listeners are, and you're on tour, don't hesitate to stop by Baby Loves Tacos in Pittsburgh and tell them Twisted Rico sent you. Baby Loves Tacos, where everybody eats. I'm just your average girl In therapy like once a week Suicidal ideation And depressive tendencies Tell me who told you to decide Who will live and who will die Who told you you had the right Was it your God or was it mine? Welcome to Blowing Smoke with Twisted Rico. I'm your host, Steve Ricardo. You just heard the song, Why Does Your Congressperson Want Me Dead? from the band Thrust Club. And on this episode, we're joined by Bethany Levy and JC Superstar from Thrust Club. And we had a really nice talk. I'm going to play it for you shortly. But first, let's talk about the meaning behind the track 
that we just listened to and the band's inspiration for recording and releasing it. This is what it says on Thrust Club's Bandcamp page. So I'm going to just give you their perspective on this before you before I give you mine. Um, Thrust Club first asked the question, quote, why does your congressperson want me dead with punk brevity in 2017 in response to a majority Republican U.S. Congress's attempts to dismantle the Affordable Care Act? We all remember that, right? Uh, this song raises awareness that harmful legislation can be crafted by those who have distance from its impacts. Quote, this song came from the realization that death by suicide is a real possibility for me if the mental health care I need is made inaccessible, unquote. That comes from lead vocalist Bethany Levy, who explains, quote, we are these, who, excuse me, who are these members of Congress to believe that my life, our lives are not worth the money it could, it would cost to potentially save, unquote. All right. Now, I do my best to avoid politics on this podcast since it's a podcast about music and about the stories behind the rock and roll is, you know, rock and roll road stories. That's what I like to talk about. And it's it's most people I know. It's true that most people I know uh, some, you know, some may not. But most people I know from my earlier shows know I'm clearly a progressive and I stand for equal rights, human rights, gay rights, trans rights. I'm a hardcore environmentalist, etc. But this really shouldn't be a political issue. Everyone should have affordable health care. So, of course, I agree with Bethany's sentiment and what she has to say about this. In fact, by having Thrust Club on the show today, it brings up an interesting topic. Should people... When I see people, let's just stick to bands and musical artists for a minute... Should they publicly promote their politics? This is, for some reason, to a lot of people, a touchy topic. I've heard everyone from Bruce Springsteen to Kid Rock be crucified for openly expressing their political views. I would be curious to know what you, the think listeners, think about this. Do you want to know if your favorite rock star is on the right or the left, or do you even care? It kind of reminds me of when Tom Brady, you know, quarterback famous Tom Brady, was exposed for having a Trump MAGA hat on his locker when the press noticed it. And he got called out for it. Some people were fans of the New England Patriots, uh, didn't care, and some were offended by it. It's a fair topic to discuss in these somewhat absurd times with the separation that we experienced ever, ever since, say, 2016. It's been unbearable for some people. One thing I personally will never stand for is white nationalism, and there will be none of that here. I don't screen people before they come on the show for their political beliefs because I have had conservatives on this show, nor will I because I'm going to stick to music and rock and roll stories for the most part. Still, I would love to hear your thoughts, you the listener. So please write me at twistedrico at gmail.com and let me know what you think. The question once again, do you want to know where your favorite bands stand politically or does it even matter to you? I only bring this up because I played the song, even though I don't think it's political, some people will. We don't really spend a lot of time in the interview talking about this. We do spend a little time. 
And uh, let's just, you know, let's just remember, this is a music podcast and I want to talk about music and I want everyone to enjoy it. I know it's some difficult sometimes hearing some people's stories, tough times, whatever, but for the most part, trying to keep it positive around here. All right, so let's get to it. Here I am talking with JC Superstar and Bethany of the band Thrust Club. Well, hello, JC and Bethany. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I don't care which of you go first, but I'd like to know, you know, for my listeners, where you guys grew up and uh, when you started listening to music and that sort of thing. Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, I'm originally from New York City, born and raised in Manhattan. Um, I moved here after college because I don't do things right. Um, and I've been here 20 years now, so. So you grew up in Manhattan? For the most part, yeah. Uh, where about, half where, Manhattan, half the Bronx. Really? I lived on the Lower East Side for a little while in Queens. So you went to high school there? Yeah, High School of Art and Design. Nice. Class and then, of 97. And you said you went to college in New York and then moved to Boston? That is yeah. kind of backwards. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I do things my own way. So <laughs> what what made you move to Boston? You know what? I still don't know. <laughs> I just wanted something different. I needed to get out of New York for a little bit and a little bit turned into 20 years. I don't know what happened, but I love it here. Are you right in the city of Boston or you're like in the I'm area? in Somerville. My favorite place mine too i lived there for nine years but then i moved away and when i came back the rents were too high for me unfortunately <laughs> yeah it's it's getting iffier every year so did you get into like you, you i know you know i know you're the drummer and uh did you did you start playing drums at an early age no unless you count like pencils on a notebook tapping away but uh no i started at uh the first or no, the second uh, adult session of uh, GRCB um, Thrust Club is my first drumming band's experience. Wow. I never drums before this. Wow, you're answering that question before I even get to it. Did, what kind of music <laughs> were you listening to that made you even get involved in music? Uh, growing up, uh, well, my mom was really into like Motown and like, oldies, uh, disco, a lot of Bee Gees in the house. Um, but mainly high school was more like Nine Inch Nails, garbage. Like I wanted to be Shirley Manson at some point. Um, nice. Whole, like all those, all those 90s bands. Cool. And Bethany, are you from uh, the Boston area? I am. Um, I am actually uh, born and raised in Massachusetts. I'm from the suburbs. Um, that's currently where I'm living right now, but, um, I went to call, I went to college in Boston and I lived in the Boston area for a long time. Um, just sort of making a temporary stop back home. Can I ask you what suburb? Yeah, sure. I live in Ashland. Ashland. Okay. I'm out in Webster right now, which is further, oh. further out in the suburbs than you are. Yeah. I know where Webster is. I, I went swimming in the lake there. Okay, I'm gonna try. Ready? I, I'm not always good at this, but I'm gonna try. Lake Charga Gaga Gaga Manchaga Bunga Gunga Mog. 
Targagagag, Manchagagag, Chibunagungamog. You know how to say it? Yeah. <laughs> it took years of practice. Wow. Do you know what it means? Um, I don't know what it actually means. I know that the like rumored translation is you fish on your side of the lake. I fish on my side of the lake. No one fishes in the middle. You're a real Massachusetts person. If you know about yeah. Webster Lake. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a lifer, I think. <laughs> I went to Framingham State too, which is right near Ashland. Yeah, yeah. And then I moved to California for years after that. But that's another story. So what what about you? What kind of music were you listening to when you grew up, when you were growing up? Um, well, when I was a little, little kid, um, my dad was really into uh, Eastern European folk music. Wow. Um, so I listened to a lot of that on vinyl. Um, we also had some Bee Gees in the house growing up. Um, my mom was more in introduced me to musical theater. So we we had the soundtrack to The Sound of Music on heavy rotation. Um, when I got a little older, I got really into uh, ska and ska punk. So like Real Big Fish and Less Than Jake and Save Ferris, which was like my all-time favorite band. Like like JC wanted to be Shirley Manson. I wanted to be Monique Powell, their lead singer. I thought she was just the greatest. <laughs> Did she say JC wanted to be Charlie? Man oh, I thought you said Charlie. I thought you said, did you say Charlie by accident? I might have. I think I said Charlie though. But you know, it's a it's impossible. It's entirely possible that my brain is not fully caffeinated yet. I'm a, I'm a, I did, I'm a, I had a Charles Manson patch on my backpack in high school that I got in trouble for. So it all makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, I used to scribble uh, Helter Skelter on my uh, notebooks, you know, and that, that, you know, they thought that was because of Charlie, too, you know. But um, <laughs> so um, how did you guys meet each other and how did you meet the other girls in the band? Um, well, we met, as JC said, at um, the it was the second adult session of GRCB and um the way the way the program works for the grown-ups is you do everything that the youth do but in two and a half days instead of a full week so basically we all showed up on a friday morning um caffeinated and uh excited and jc and sally had done it the previous year so they sort of knew what to expect um but uh i was new and our original keyboardist bonnie was new and um so they just throw you in sort of a mix. You do some icebreakers and then you form a band. And that's literally how Thrust Club formed. I was going to, I'm going to talk to you more about that. And I missed where she said that. That's where you met. Sorry. Uh, did yeah. you always play bass when you were, did you learn how to play bass? Like, like JC no, picked up the drums? At yeah. I, um, so I started out on guitar when I was about 13 and, um, you know, I, I learned it. I start. I really started out as a vocalist. Um, I was always a singer and I learned guitar to accompany myself. Excuse me. And um, but it never really was like my instrument. Um, I never really felt super connected to it. And then I learned bass at the adult session of GRCB a couple years later. When Thrust Club started, I didn't play bass. I was just the singer. There was no bassist. Um, there was no bassist for the first like three or three years maybe jc correct me if i'm wrong that sounds right yeah i got and distracted then, by the cat 
Oh, uh, kitty. Um, but uh, yeah, so one day I or I went to camp and I did bass and I really liked it. And I came back to Thrust Club and said, how would you guys feel if I started playing bass? And so I was playing a bass that I actually borrowed from JC. And uh, and and that's how it started. And I really feel like bass is my my true my true calling bass and vocals. And you two got locked in with each other and the rhythm section was born. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was meant to be. So, JC, you said you didn't play in any other band. You didn't play in any other bands either, Bethany, did you? Um, I had a band in high school. You did? Um, I did. We were called Little Match Girl, and um, which is ironic because um, we were all female presenting at the time. But later on, several of the members went on to identify as non-binary or transition. So mm -hmm. we really weren't little match girls. We were little match humans. Um, but uh, we wanted we wanted to evoke that like sad emo kid feeling. Um, but yeah, that was really the only band I was in until uh, yeah until Thrust Club. And um, I was. Actually, I was in another band called Sleep Crimes that formed two weeks before Thrust Club, just out of the blue. So for a while, I was playing and I was singing in two bands, um, but they both sort of started at the same time. Nice. Now, um, I thought maybe I'm wrong about this. Did the band form in 2012 or was it earlier than that? No, nope, 2012 is correct. And then you put your first record out, Greetings from Mount thrustmore in 2013 yep okay you guys came out of the box really good with that record because i remember when that came out and if my memory serves me correctly i'm pretty sure i was at galaxy park in salem or what no he wasn't yeah he was in salem then i think and i think richard marr mastered that record and that's how i heard you guys oh yeah that's awesome. <laughs> he was he was mastering the record. I'm like, who's this? Because I immediately, you know, sometimes I know the expression riot girl gets thrown around a lot. So I at that point in time, I kind of thought that's what you guys were. But as I listened to more, um, I, I realize now that you I don't know. Did you guys ever identify with that crowd, the riot girl crowd? Um, Not intentionally i guess but i mean we're very into it like we listen yeah, to all I of mean, it we're yeah very we're, influenced by it yeah we're we're definitely very influenced by riot girl so not unhappy to be put in that box but it wasn't something we intentionally set out to do right that makes sense um that record um you know I i've gone back in many times and listened to it uh the first track in thrust we trust is a great pop track I also like how you trust, trust, thrustworthy. <laughs> I'm having trouble separating my thrust and trust. Tell me about that, the process of making that first record. I know you did both the first two records at the same studio. What was it like when you first went in to make that record? And did you get what you wanted to get out of it? Um, uh, well, we just kind of went in like full force. Like we didn't question anything or think too hard about like it was just kind of like just get it done <laughs> um, yeah we didn't really know what to expect so other than you know uh, Adam who who uh recorded the album for us was a friend of ours so we were 
very comfortable going into his then home studio and recording but you know we none of us had recorded before so well we were I recorded just, with adam oh, pc previously with, with adam's band adam pc but the rest of us hadn't yeah. recorded before so we just sort of went in and we're like all right we've got some songs let's play them a couple of times and adam you tell us if we need to do it again <laughs> And I, I was yeah. looking at your show history, and I noticed the first show you played was at TG the Bears. That's a pretty good way to come out of the box. Yeah, not intimidating at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's where they used to host the showcases for um, for GRCD, um, or for the adult sessions anyway. So our very first show was the showcase for the uh, adult GRCD session that we did, um, and which was at TG the Bears. I really so, missed yeah, it. It was very, uh, it, it was a little intimidating to be up on that stage, but uh, but it was a great time. I really missed that room. I was, I'd moved away again and uh, it was gone when I came back and I was sad about that. But um, in between 2013, right up to your second record for the motherland, you guys were relatively busy um, and you went down to New York too, right? Did you did you feel like you were building a good fan base at that time? Um, yeah, my mom came to the show, so that was great. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, our first show in Brooklyn that we ever played together, um, it was like a there was no cover, so there was like a hat being passed around for like you know give money to the band if you want, and my mom grabbed that and was like, "My daughter's in this band. You give the money right now." <laughs> Wow, that's a nice mom. I like that. Yeah, she's great. So, but yeah, no, we've we've been trying to play more cities and like kind of expand our like horizon a little bit to get more fan base going. Um, yeah. It's hard though. We're still, yeah, we're still always shocked when we see people who like our social media posts and we don't like personally have a relationship with them. We're like wow, we have like a real fan, like someone who just likes us and doesn't actually feel obligated to. Hey, that's where I came from. I I talked to our booking agent. I said, get me that band, you know, because I thought you guys were really different than things that were going on. And I heard the, what does your congressman want me dead song? And I was like, I remember that band. And when I heard that song. I was like, got to get them on so we can talk about that. But going to, uh, for the motherland, um, Pretty much followed the same. I mean, you guys like are more more on those two on those two records. There's a lot of pop appeal going on here on there too. You know, it's not. I mean, some people might throw you guys into a punk category, but I hear a lot of the pop music, and it continued more with um, for the motherland. I do have to ask you about what one song because I'm wondering what's going on in the Soviet space dog song because I listened to that a few times and I was trying to figure out. I couldn't figure it out. So maybe you can help me. Sure. Um, well, we uh, we had done an interview um, where we said that we were going to. Oh no, no, no! That was we'd already written Soviet Space Dogs before the interview. Um, but um, we basically were looking for things to write songs about, and somehow the topic came up that we were gonna write a song about Soviet space dogs, um, like the dogs that Russia sent to, or the Soviet Union 
um, sent to space early on in their space program. Um, and because uh, our keyboardist Erin had been gifted a book all about it and was really into it and was like, we should write a song about this. So we started, we wrote the music first and we were sort of like, well, what's the mood of the song gonna be? Is it a happy song? It's not really a happy song because the dogs, a lot of them didn't make it back, but some of them did. Um, so we learned a lot about Soviet <clears throat> space dogs. Um, and in wow. the middle of the song, we decided we were gonna list a bunch of the names of the dogs that went up to space. And um, we actually had a friend recently um, comment that uh, he never understood the musical structure of Soviet space dogs and was trying to figure it out. And we told him the secret was that we wrote half the song and then we didn't know how to end it. Like we got to the bridge and we're like, what do we do after the bridge? And we're like, well, let's just go backwards. What was before the bridge? There was a chorus. So let's put a chorus after the bridge. And then there's a, you know, there was a verse. So let's put the verse after the bridge. And then there was an intro. So let's have an outro. And that's literally how the song was written. Wow. Well, I'm glad I asked. Um, there was a, you played a lot of shows. You played a lot of shows. I noticed around after, around the time of that record, and and then you kind of slowed down a little bit. Was there any reason why you guys slowed down and didn't make another record, or were you trying to figure that out? I think we're still trying to figure it out. We're not the most prolific songwriters. <laughs> So it's just kind of been a slow process of writing new stuff um, while still trying to actively play as many shows as we can and, you know, just put ourselves out there. But um, we have a couple of new things in the works, but do you guys uh, write, all, wants to... do you write all your songs together? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I think that's why it makes it hard to. <laughs> to yeah, that's quickly. why. Yeah, it makes it hard to do it quickly and why the pandemic really put a, you know, a cramp in our style because we couldn't all be together in the same room. So we couldn't, we just couldn't really write that way. And I'll, honestly, I don't think a lot of us were like feeling in the mood to write. We were all just in survival mode. Um, but yeah, we write all our songs together for the most part. I think Congress, why does your congressperson want me dead was something that I wrote based off of, or I, I wrote my part based on a riff that Sally came up with. And then I brought that to the band and was like, okay, here's the bass part and some vocals. Let's fill it out. And, um, but yeah, everybody, everybody pretty much writes their own parts. So it's a, it's a, it's a community effort. I kind of, I'm going to like uh, reiterate some of the things that you just said, actually, with the next thing I'm going to ask you. The song, Why Does Your Congressperson Want Me Dead, is uh, two minutes of uh, right smack in your face, punk. And I know um, I, I mentioned Riot Girl earlier, and that song kind of fits more of that category than anything. Um 2020 was like a crazy year for everybody. I mean, how, how did you, I'm, I was going to ask you how you survived all that chaos. And if that song was clearly a result of all the chaos that was going on. Well, we actually wrote the song in 2017. Oh, you did? Yes, but we didn't officially like release it technically until, I mean, we were playing it live, but we hadn't recorded it in any, any way um until uh until 20 2020 or 2019 2019. 2019 
Um, yeah. but we originally wrote it about um, the Republican-led effort to repeal uh, repeal Obamacare and uh, being that like a lot of us rely, like myself being one of them, rely on certain healthcare services to keep me alive that I wouldn't be able to afford otherwise. I was like, you're, you know, you guys are literally saying that you don't value my life and you would rather I be dead than pay for this. So. And they're still um, saying that actually. And they're still saying that is why we, um we still play the song. We thought, we thought we were like, we're going to write this song and it's going to be super timely, but then, you know, this will go away and we won't have to play it anymore. And it's 2023 and we still play that song and it still needs to be played. Yeah. I can relate. I don't, I try not to bring uh, politics into my podcast very much early on. My crazy liberal attitude was shining brightly. <laughs> Lately I've been trying to keep it down, but it's hard not to talk about it when you have a song like this come up. So I don't feel uh, like I don't really care if I offend anybody by talking about it. Um, so it was basically geared towards the whole Republican Congress, which is really hasn't gotten much better uh in this new term no yeah yeah it's well we start it's funny because we started out as a band being like we want to make we want to write like fun party songs and and like that's what we did but it's like when it's affecting your your life like you can't not write about it and you know yeah that was that was sort of how we ended up ended up at why does your congressperson want me dead when we started out with in thrust we trust yeah um i've heard you you get you you the band referred to as a modern day dance punk band is that a description that you feel fits your sound is that the best way you would describe the band jc you want to take that one uh no, <laughs> <laughs> no. i like i i just I have so much trouble like trying to describe us to people that like when people describe us to me, I'm like, sure, if that's what you get out of it, then I'm fine with that. Is there a lot of dancing that goes on at your shows? Yeah. 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 A lot, especially considering most of them are played in the Boston area, mm -hmm. like a lot of dancing for Boston. Is there a lot of bands in the Boston area that you guys like play, were playing a lot of shows with? I think I saw Power Slut on a few of your shows. I mentioned that because I'm talking to Linnea next week. And you guys played with them quite a bit, right? Oh, yeah. 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 We're really good friends with Linnea. And, uh, you know, we try to be as supportive with our other like musician friends as possible. So, you know, if someone's like, oh, I'm starting a new band. It's like, yeah, you know, let us know when you're ready and you can open for us. Or, you know, with Linnea and Power Slut, just at the time, it just worked out that we were playing a lot of shows together, but it was a lot of fun. So, but yeah, she's great. Are there other bands uh, in the in the Boston scene that you guys have close to? Uh, well... There's some bands we were, but they're now no longer like Radium Girls. Um, yeah. Brooke Feinberg, the drummer. Yeah, yeah we, share, we still share a practice space. Um, and who else? 
I'm um Girl Skull, although they're still around. Girl Skull still around. Yep. And um they're buds of ours and uh Sapling. Sapling are uh is a band that we all really like to go see and when we get to play with them it's awesome because then we don't have to pay cover to go see them i'm glad you still have a practice space by the way with all the things i've been hearing about practice spaces going away in the boston area it's very sad yeah we're 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 yeah. lucky we're lucky that we have the space that we have are you right in is your space right in boston is it charlestown or something like that um we're at, we're at uh oh go ahead jc uh, studio 52 studio 52 right oh yeah okay oh i didn't realize that was still there okay i thought well, they were tearing it, that building down they did or they are going well, to tear it down if they haven't already but um they haven't 52 has a new space behind mr music in alston oh. um so yeah so we're right right in the heart of alston village wow that's cool um i wanted to talk to you about um, GRCB um, or or at Ladies Rock Camp Boston. For people out there listening, uh, CRS, GRCB is an organization that states all members volunteer and believe in empowering female, transgender, and gender non-conforming individuals to express themselves through music, education, and performance. You guys seem like the perfect band to talk to about this since that's how you met. So why don't you tell me all about this organization and how you you got, first got involved in it, uh, where you think it's heading, and just and also if you can explain to some of my listeners because I think it would be good to hear you guys explain it. Uh, when you say gender non-conforming individuals, there's a lot of people that don't really understand what you mean. If you could explain that too, that would be fantastic. All right. Um, I'll take a crack at it first. Um, so yeah, GRCB is exactly the organization that you, you you just you described it perfectly. I think you're probably reading from the website, which is what I do every time I talk about it. Oh, I had to because, read it. I couldn't have memorized that. Oh yeah, I I I I can't memorize things either. Um, but uh, yeah, I got involved because um, I I had heard about. Um, the rock camps for girls that were happening in New York and in the Pacific Northwest. And at the time I was, you know, I mean, I, I think I was probably 16 or 17 and there was no way my parents were sending me across the country to go to rock and roll camp, but I thought it was really, really cool idea. And then I heard they were starting one in Boston. And I said, well, that's, you know, when I was 26 or 26 and I was like, well, that's cool, but I can't, do anything about it and then I saw that they had the adult programming which they do as a fundraiser to uh for the youth programming and I just said I just gone through a really bad breakup and I was like well this sounds great I, I always wanted to do this I'm gonna do it and I just signed up and that's how I ended up meeting all of Thrust Club and and so many more wonderful people who were who were fellow campers and also volunteers and I had such a great experience doing it that I immediately signed up to volunteer for the youth program in the summer. And um, I basically just was like, I, it was such a life-changing experience for me that I wanted to be able to give that experience to as many other people 
as possible like being being a a a person of or all right come on brain work with the coffee um <laughs> So being a being a person who has been marginalized because of their gender, um, especially like, you know, when I was younger, like playing in bands, we would get like, you know, lewd comments from our fellow performers, like not just from people in the audience. And it was really like it was not cool. And a lot of people just didn't like us because they didn't, quote unquote, didn't like music made by by girls or people who were uh who are marginalized because of their gender in our society and so i wanted to be able to give that sense of community and that sense of empowerment to um to as many people as possible and that's why i still am involved with the organization and i'm volunteering again this summer for the youth program jc you got anything to add yeah no i um i had heard about the camps going on for the kids um and just kind of like ah man it's too bad I'm too old for that now and then they came out with the adult programming and I signed up immediately um and then kind of took a step back and went oh no what have I done but I <laughs> showed up and <laughs> um, I showed up um I went to the very first adult session uh, of the Boston camp um and I learned bass which was kind of uh, a cheat because I'd kind of been playing bass here and there before that, um, but actually learned how to play bass. Um, and then, yeah, came back the second year, did drums, thrust club formed. Um, and yeah, I've been just volunteering for the summer, cam summer camps with the youth um, every year since, teaching bass, uh, bands coaching. Uh, so yeah, it's like Bethany said, it like, basically changed my entire life uh, from going. And now I just try to give back to the rest of the community as much as I can because it had such an impact on me. I might be wrong, but I don't think I am. Hilkin Mancini was on my show about a year ago. Wasn't she one of the original GRCB? Yeah, I thought so. Do you guys know Hilkin? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I used to... I used to do the uh, punk rock aerobics in the Middle East basement. <laughs> I was too young to go to the punk rock aerobics in the Middle East basement, <laughs> but I desperately wanted to go, but I thought I wouldn't be cool enough. And then I met Helkin when I started doing GRCB and it was just a, it was a trip. I, I had her, I got her book, the punk rock aerobics book for Christmas when I was a teenager. And then I was like, you're in my book. And then looking around at the other people in the room who are volunteering and being like, you are also in my book. <laughs> I really love Hilkin. I think she's doing it at a place called Faces now in Malden. They've read, they've doing the live thing again. She was doing it on the internet for a while. And I had her on, uh, buddy, it must've been a year ago. I've seen her a few, I've seen her play a few times since then. She's really awesome. I had a feeling she had something to do with GRCB in the early days. She's one of the originals. So did did you did you say, or maybe I misunderstood, did you do you counsel to the younger women? Yeah, so there's uh you can sign up to do different volunteer uh categories, I guess. Um so there's you could do a band coaching, which is you're essentially like once the band forms, you're just 
fair to like walk them through the process and you know make sure they're kind of on the timeline of getting a song written and together in time for the showcase um so it is kind of like a counseling mentoring situation and I didn't yeah. mean to, I didn't mean to just say younger women of course I mean transgender and gender not conforming uh non-conforming individuals as well because I know there's no rules about that and that's one of the reasons I like the organization yeah, yeah. we've been trying to slowly train ourselves away from calling them campers or like you know we're we're trying to just call them youth because it's more all inclusive but it's yeah. hard to when you're when you're switching gears in your head and you're like oh i used to say this and now i have to say this because it's better for everyone so we're all just trying to change with the times yeah well imagine yeah. being a lot older like i am and trying to do, take all this in it's like a lot to like you don't want to say the wrong thing you know you want to be co politically correct here yeah i think as long as people see that you're trying that's you know that's enough sometimes yeah you know we're all we're all just trying to be as you know be as inclusive as as possible with our with our language and like jc said you know it's it's been a it's been a switch you know like we've had to switch some of our language around but you know the end result is that it makes people really makes people feel seen and valued so it's totally worth it yeah absolutely now i'm yeah. not i hope these shows are happening that i have listed here are you actually playing a show next week which i think on may 6th Yep. Yep. We oh, that's, are. that's good because I'm going to get this show out on May 4th. So we'll have a couple of days oh, to promote it. Perfect. You're, you're playing at the Bone Up Brewery Company. Where is that show and what time are you playing and who are you playing with? Um, that's going to be in Everett. Um, we're playing with Radio Compass out of Salem and um, DNA's Evolution. Uh, and I think, what time does the show start? <laughs> Um, I believe, I think the brewery opens at noon and the market starts at two and the music starts at three. Really? I think, yeah, it's a, it's a spring, a spring bazaar. So there's going to be live music and also some like, uh, like handcraft vendors and also some food, um, so it's going to be a nice, a nice little event. And I, I believe we go on first at three ish yep i think that sounds right that, that seems to be what i remember um but yeah it's gonna be a it's gonna be a really nice a really nice event hopefully the weather holds out for us because it is going to be outside um but yeah people should uh stop by um the brewery is going to be releasing their uh their warm warm weather summer beer um it's a it's a hibiscus beer if i remember correctly and uh, it's going to be a really nice, a really nice low key event, especially if you're a person who's like, I love rock and roll, but I hate staying up late. Come see us in the afternoon on a Saturday. <laughs> it's it's perfect. Well, you know, I, I used to avoid Everett at all costs. But, you know, I mean, it, it sounds like there might be some cool things going on there now. I mean, I might you might see me there. You never know. And, and I see that you have a show on May 24th, which is my birthday, by the way, at the Silhouette oh, Lounge. Thank you. Where, where is the Silhouette Lounge located? It's in Alston, the Sill. Yep, There's you may know it. It's uh, it's known for its free popcorn, and um, it's been around forever. I used to live in Alston, not very far away from it, and would go there, uh, 
fairly frequently. Did um, they always have shows there? No, that's okay. a recent development. Um, yeah, I was I was as surprised as you are to hear they were doing shows, but um, we have some friends who've played there and said it's been a really good experience. So when we were asked, we said, absolutely, let's do it. And uh, it's going to be a really nice show with, uh, uh, it's, oh, JC, help me out with the band names. I know it's Doom Lover and Daphne Blue Underworld. Doom Lover. And, cool yeah, band. Yeah. And um, is it Really Great? Is that the other band? Really Great. Yes. Really Great. They're called Really Great. I think I saw Doom Lover at one of J.J. Gonson's uh, once Somerville shows. Cool band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're excited to finally play with them. And there's one other thing that's really cool: the Nice of Fest. Did I say it right? Nice of Fest. Yeah. I know karate. The Swirlies. When I saw that the Swirlies were playing, I'm like, "What? They haven't played a gig in years. That's going to be epic." And Francis Forever. So that's a really good sh show. You know, is like it's a festival for three days. Is that what's going on? When are you guys for playing? Four days? Um, yeah, uh, it's the 20th through the 23rd. I don't know that they've announced when people are playing yet or if it will be announced. Yeah, when they're the announcing, they're announcing more info soon, but they've only announced the Thursday lineup Line. so far, which we're not a part of, but it's really great because yeah, karate is headlining. And um, that's Davis Square, right? In Somerville, Davis Square yeah, in Somerville. It, it's at the shows are going to either be at the Crystal Ballroom or at the Rockwell Theater. So both in Davis Square are both walking distance. Um, we're yeah, you really can run back and forth. Yeah, you can run back and forth. We're we're really excited to play this. We've seen the nice a fest happen the last few years, and we're you know just really excited about it as you know local musicians and residents and just getting to go see it, and now we get to play it, which is extra awesome. Plus Davis, nice. yeah. Plus, plus Davis Square is like one of the coolest places to go to hang out. Anyways, you go to Diesel, get an iced tea because I can't go anywhere without iced tea, and then you know just you know head over to the nicer fest. Is there anything else that you guys got going on that you want to plug while I have you here? Like, are you going to do any more recording? You going to do any touring or anything like that? Uh, uh -huh. we're hoping to record again at some point. We do have a couple of things that we need to lay yes. down. Um, we need to commit, to commit to track. I almost said vinyl. I just want them to be on vinyl. That's I, before I die. Being recorded on vinyl from me. That's um. But hopefully, yeah. I got a lot of time left to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna go with the with the same uh, G U V? How do you pronounce the studio? G Gov Gov Studio. Gov. Oh, so. Yeah, so Gov Studios was um, my friend Adam uh, Sissel. He now runs uh, Dead Moon Audio out of the basement of the Armory, right uh, here in Somerville. Yeah, so Gov Studios is kind of merged into Dead Moon Audio. Was uh, that the old Morphine Studio? Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's a good room. I know that room. Yeah, they had yeah, moved there. Yeah. Yeah, they've done a. A lot of renovating and it's a really great space um yeah i think a lot of people have started recording in there so maybe us one day soon nice 
Well, I like your music and I and I and everything I've heard has been cool and I like your whole vibe and attitude and and what you represent and all that. So I appreciate what you're doing and uh thanks a lot for taking the time to come on the show and talk about the band and everything and you know, I wish you guys really good luck. And I'm going to I mean, who knows? Maybe you'll see me in Everett. You never know. <laughs> awesome. It's going to be my first time in Everett, so we'll see. <laughs> Nothing like Brooklyn. Thanks. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well, thanks for talking with us. Yeah, All thanks right. for having us. My pleasure, Stephanie, you guys. Did you want to? Did you want to introduce Jeff real quick? Oh, I Je I promised that I would introduce Jeff. Um, okay. Song Jeff who never calls. This this is Jeff. Jeff is a unicorn puppet that was gifted to us by uh, a friend, and um, yeah. Well, if you're I, listening, people, you're going to have to head over to YouTube and watch the video on YouTube now so you can see who Jeff is. Because I personally think Jeff is a very handsome fella. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> was that a paw? Make, was that Jeff's paw that you stuck up there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks a lot, you guys. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks. Right. Bye. Bye. I love a band with a good sense of humor from the 2016 EP uh, by the thrust club from the motherland is the title that song was but what <laughs> I can't even say it but what if it's the spiders all one minute and 35 seconds of it in thrust we trust if we could start chanting that right now can everyone all chant together in thrust we trust in thrust we trust <laughs> thank you bethany and jc superstar i love saying that superstar for coming on the show
That was really good. I really enjoyed it. If you're enjoying this podcast just as much as I just enjoyed <laughs> doing this podcast, please check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Twisted Rico. We have exclusive content on that page that you definitely want to check out. Same with anyone that listens on Spotify. You can also sub- subscribe there as well to hear the exclusive content because you want to hear the exclusive content. If you want to reach out to me at any time, like I asked in the intro, you can reach me at twistedrico at gmail.com. We're also available on all the social media platforms. And I urge you to check out our YouTube page where you can uh, actually watch the Zoom interview that I just did with Bethany and Reddy, JC, superstar. <laughs> it's worth watching. Um, also, let me remind you that you can go to studio-float.com and use the code BLOWINGSMOKE10 in the online form and get 10% off your order. That's once again, studio-float.com and use the code BLOWINGSMOKE10 in the online form for 10% off your order. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. And by the way, if you want to go back and check out past episodes of the show, I just threw uh, a list together right now of some people that have been on this show that you want to check out and you can go find. All right. You ready? Paul Coldery, Lori Barbero, Rich Gilbert, Reed Paley, The Dogmatics, SSD Control, Mark McKay, Nicole from The Darts, Slap Knot with Reverend Hank, members of Slap Shot, of course, <laughs> Hilkin Mancini, Night Bob, Tom Wilson, Darren Hill, former manager of the New York Dolls and Replacements. Yeah, that's right. Darren was on the on the show a little while back. I'm thinking about actually getting Darren back on because he's such a great dude. Tom Lyle from GI. Ben Daly from the Lemonheads. Lee Harrington from the Neighborhoods. The great Rick Hart. Doug Carrion. And the list, Doug Carrion, of course, was in The Descendants and Dag Nasty. And he's now in Field Day. That's just a partial list some of the cool people that have been on this show. You can go to Apple, Spotify. Most of these, not all of them, are also up in YouTube on YouTube in video form, or some have only audio, but they're on YouTube. You can check them out there, wherever you want. There's other places you can hear us too. We're all over the place. All right, till the next time we say goodbye, this is Blowing Smoke with Twisted Rico. I'm your host, Steve Ricardo. Keep the rock and roll alive. Blowing Smoke with Twisted Rico is brought to you by Light Street Media. Never meant for normal life